Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. Before we attend to Holy Scripture, please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, open our hearts and our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scripture is read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hear these words from the gospel. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. It was our former director of administration, Kathy Lukert. She was in my office and she said, Tom, what is that on your shelf? I said, Kathy, you should know this. It's a clock. She said, I know that, but it doesn't work. For two years, I've come in every time, and the clock never tells you the right time. She said, what is that about? I said, Kathy, it's a long story. I'll tell you sometime, and I will tell you again, but not yet. We just heard how Jesus began his ministry with these words, the kingdom of God has come near. His entire ministry was about that, the, the kingdom, the life, the way of God, what Jesus called the kingdom of God, we call God's promise day. And I don't know what you think of when you think of God's promise day. Maybe you think of old wounds being healed. Maybe you think of things that have gone wrong, being made right. Maybe it's simpler things like rest and peace and a sense of truly belonging. Jesus thought it would be a day when justice rolls down like waters because we would finally prefer to be fair than to be privileged. He thought it was a day when swords would be beaten into plowshares because we would rather feed one another then kill one another. We are seeing once again how assumed righteousness leads to fruitless violence, 
leaving the slaughter of innocents in the land that Jesus called home. And there are no heroes. Jesus thought that promised day would be a day when all that had gone wrong would be made right because the power of God's love would resurrect what has died in you and me and in the world. And he gave his life for that elusive day. And you do too. And from time to time, we get a glimpse of it. I remember when we were building the Manili Center. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. There were a handful of neighbors who were frustrated, opposed to that project and ministry, and a few of them began talking about what we were doing there in ways that were less than truthful. Yard signs came, uh, uh, were erected, and, and a lawsuit was filed to stop construction. The session met to, re- to decide how to respond. There was disappointment and some frustration that we were being spoken of in the community the way that we were. But there was wisdom on your session, and someone said, I am convinced that there are more people in this community who would want a church to feed the hungry than not. We met with the neighbors, and tensions eased. The ministry moved forward. And in the end, some who were most opposed, or at least they thought, showed up to volunteer in our food pantry. And the family that filed a lawsuit to stop it all together brought produce that summer from their backyard garden. Now, it wasn't the fullness of God's promised day, but it was a glimpse of it. It was to me. That happens here from time to time. The love of God shows up in such palpable ways that that promised day that Jesus spoke of seems nearer. I stood before a couple. There was the scent of flowers in the air. I, I won't say their names because it's happened numerous times. But there I said, repeat after me, I promise to be loving and faithful in plenty and in want, in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health. It's always a joyful time, but sometimes the joy has something of a resurrected quality about it, because in this instance with her, I had stood with her years before, the aroma of flowers in the air, fresh dirt turned, and a heart shattered with grief, impossible to imagine that the weeping through the night would be followed by joy in the morning. But on this day, several years later, the heart had expanded to claim love anew. It was a gift of a new day. It wasn't the fullness of God's promised day, but it was a glimpse of it. It was to me. It happens here at Village from time to time. The love of God shows up in such palpable ways that the boldest promises of Jesus seem to be drawing nearer, and it's impossible not to live toward them. I had been vegetarian for almost a decade, but on this particular day, I was dining on barbecue, and I was loving it. 
Some friends from Stanley had invited me down, and they were asking if you would create a satellite campus, as they called it, in that place. I told them, in spite of the delicious barbecue, I don't think that's what you want. They said, why? I said, you have just fought to save your congregation, and village is not you. And if you become village, it's a new church. It's a different church. And the church you fought to save will go away. And then Kelly Thomason, with tears in her eyes, which I have since learned is not a rare occurrence, she she said, Tom, we did not uh, fight to save a single congregation. We fought to save a witness to Jesus Christ that is just and gracious and welcoming, and that's what we want in this place. And she was casting for me a vision of Village on Antioch. It wasn't the fullness of the promised day, but it was a glimpse of it. That happens here from time to time. With everything else that God has to do, God chooses to come and be in our midst. And even the boldest promises of Jesus become so magnetic, we cannot help but live toward them. There's some moments that I only know of because you have told them to me, and there are moments that I I wish I had experienced. I wish I could have been here the day that Donald and Virginia Sewing joined Village Church. Uh, They pushed against the restrictive deed, uh, the deed restrictions prohibiting Jews and people of color from buying homes in this community. And they became the first African-American family to move into Fairway, displaying a remarkable courage. And Dr. Bob, in a different fashion, displayed courage as well as he knocked on their door and promised them that they would be welcome at Village. No way on that day to know that young Henry, probably in knee pants and playing with Legos or something, would become a leader in this church, even serving as clerk of session. But Dr. Bob knew we were on the right path when we were known for who we welcome and not who we keep away, who we include and not who we exclude. I wish I could have been there the day the sewings joined. And I wish I could have been here in December of 1963 when the Congregational Nominating Committee submitted their, op- their slate of officers, and on the slate, on the slate written right on, on the list of nominees was Phyllis Machette, the first woman to serve as an elder at Village Church. No way for her to know in December of 1963 who would follow her, not only serving as officers, but serving as pastors. Could she have imagined that we would have three female pastors in the chancel right now? I wish I could have been there that day, for we are on the right path when we are known for who we include rather than we exclude. Which makes me particularly grateful that I was here on November the 3rd, 2019. For the lion's share of my ministry, our denomination was in an argument over who was qualified to be ordained. 
particularly if you fell in love with someone of the same gender for many years our denomination said you were not qualified to be ordained village was among many congregations in this denomination who challenged that exclusive theology it was a long struggle but eventually that prohibition was removed and on November the 3rd, 2019, you called a woman who is among the most courageous women I have known because she said yes to God while the church was still saying no to her. But Sally Wright waited patiently for the church to catch up with God. And when the church finally did, it gave you room to call her as pastor. And for me, it was a day when the promised day of Jesus Christ crawled a little bit closer. It happens here at Village from time to time. I walked to a clinic in Thawake, Kenya, which was serving as a dental office for the day. I watched Dr. Jerry Woolsey standing over open mouth after open mouth, little headlamp on his forehead, providing dental care to a village that had no dentist. Lucy Tidwell was sitting outside over a pressure cooker. She was, she was sterilizing instruments and handing them through the open window to Dr. Woolsey when he needed them. The next day, we went to church. We went to worship. And David Zioka, he invited me to preach to his home village, Thwake, and he said he would translate. Here's the truth. I am convinced he listened to my sermon and he, he gave him an upgrade in the translation. <laughs> all, I know, all I know is whenever I said anything, in spite of a lot of village people being there, there was not a single amen. And when David preached, he got amen after amen after amen. <laughs> I preached that day to people with whom I had absolutely nothing in common but Jesus Christ. And I learned that day that Jesus Christ, when you share Jesus Christ, it is enough to overcome anything that divides. It was a holy day. And the boldest promises of Jesus seem palpable and trustworthy and magnetic. We cannot help but live toward them We've never seen that day. We never have, not in all its fullness. But it is the day on which we base our lives. Kathy Lukert, she asked, Tom, why do you have a clock that doesn't work? That's when I told her about the first time that we met. It was December of 2003. We were in Friendship Hall, and George Satterley and his friends were trying to convince you to call Carol and me to join you in ministry. And I told you then that the rule in my house when I was a kid, the rule in my house is that Christmas morning could not start before 7 o'clock. 
My father was a pastor. He spent Christmas Eve down at the church, and after the final service, he would drag home, probably enter the land of some assembly required, and finally fall into bed in the wee hours. Hence the rule, do not wake the parents before seven. If you do, Santa will take everything back. So, we never did, but it did mean that every Christmas morning, my, assembly, my siblings and I gathered in the hallway outside of my parents' bedroom about, oh, 5.30, I would guess. And we watched the clock on their bedside table waiting for it to reach 7 o'clock. It was a clock like this one. Do you remember? You can't really see it, but do you remember? It's sort of a John the Baptist forerunner to the digital clock. It's, it's just the numbers that flip down on a little, a little spool, and, and we would watch from about 5.30 to, it says here, 6.59. That's what it says on the clock, because every year we would get to 6.59 and I was convinced the clock broke. <laughs> it is the longest minute of the day. It's like the leap year of minutes. It just takes longer and longer, and I was convinced, but then no, finally the double zeros would fall, and before they had fully come to rest, we were on our parents' bed. It's Christmas, it's Christmas. Aren't you excited? <laughs> I love that moment, 6.59, because I didn't know what was coming. But I knew a little bit about God, and so I knew whatever it was, it was going to be good. I told you that's how I felt in December of 2003, because I didn't know what God would do, but I knew that God would show up and it would be good. I didn't know how you would help Katrina refugees. I, I didn't know about Better by Sunday. I didn't know about Village University. I didn't know about Village on Antioch. I didn't know about the gathering worship service. I, I, I didn't know about this masterful organ. I didn't know about Signature Mission or any of the other things that we've talked about and the things that I haven't had time to talk about. But I knew that God would meet us and I knew it would be good. I've remembered some of these moments with you today, just a few, there are many more, but I have remembered them so that you will remember that from time to time it is God's practice to show up here. And I'm telling you this today because once again, I know what time it is. It's 6.59. And I don't know what God is going to do through you, with you, in the months and years to come, but I know enough about God, and I now know enough about you that I know it will be good because it is God's practice to show up. We have a rich history here, but I know this. The days ahead of us matter as much to God as any day that has gone before us. 
So it is 6.59. It is always 6.59. We don't know what God will do, but we know it will be good. I see the talent in this chancel, and I don't know what's happening next, but I know it will be good. I see the commitment in your heart to do the good that is yours to do, and I don't know where that will lead you, but I know it will be good. There are more stories that are coming, and I don't know who will tell them or what they will describe, but they will again describe glimpses of that day that God has promised us, and God will be faithful. It is a day when all that has gone wrong will be made right. You know what time it is. It's 6.59, and we are living toward God's promised day. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.